Strong enough. I'll take it there. Cool. Uh, hi, everybody, and oh god, I can't believe I just started a show with. Uh. <laughs> hi, everybody, and welcome to Politictic Boom. I am Kevin Ham, your host, and I am joined this week by Dustin Hurst. Did I say that right? Yes. And uh, he is the reporter with Watchdog.org. And we have, this is the part that I want to clear up. There's Watchdog.org, which is the national, and then there's Montana Watchdog, which is part of the organization, yeah. but is separate. And you're with the national, not with the Montana. Yes. Even though you're here in Montana. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I a, am it's confused. A well, it's a complex scenario. See, Montana Watchdog is a subsidiary of, of the Montana Policy Institute. The MPI publishes Montana Watchdog. Um, they were uh, a little bit hesitant to, they didn't want to get into all the political stuff that I was, I was sent here to cover elections and, and, and uh, the Tester Reberg race, the, the governor's race, the congressional race. They didn't necessarily want to dive into politics that deep and in, in, into elections. So they, they kind of distanced themselves from me and stuff. So it's, it's a complex scenario. Okay, so, so I'm, not, I'm not the only one who was confused by yeah. it. I just, it was one of those, who, what, where? <laughs> yeah, and no. No, it, it confused me even for a while there. <laughs> so the first time I met you, you were actually at the, um, the candidates forum that was held in Missoula. Yes. For the... Uh, Legislative or for the House seat mm -hmm. for our our lone member of the House. That's <laughs> got to be the loneliest job in the world. Oh, it does. It does. Um, and of course, there were only the mostly Democrats there mm -hmm. on the on the Republican side. They it was I guess considered a settled issue, which I think is funny. I'm like I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of Democrats there, and I know you were interviewing people. What's it like to and you, well, I better clarify this for the people who don't know you. You come at politics with a definite conservative bent. Mm -hmm. And now, does the Watchdog Org have that bent, or is that, or do they hire people from both sides and kind of let them have their own, or? Well, my, uh, and he'll tell you this himself, my editor, uh, Will Swaim, is from California. Uh, he's a flaming liberal, and he will, he's, he's, he's almost, <laughs> he, he tells me he's almost been schooled in Marxist thoughts. He's so flaming, but, but we don't necessarily have a conservative uh, bent, uh, necessarily as so much as we write for the taxpayer. Uh, so much you'll see other other publications they'll be writing about, um, you know, how cuts will affect the poor or or just all these social issues. And we, we care about the poor people. We care about how government policies will affect people. But our specific task is to write for the taxpayer because sometimes it seems like they're forgotten in, in a lot of public discourse, I think. Ah. Okay, so, and then you were at what can only be described as a convocation of liberals. <laughs> um, some of them have been on the show, and, and I think all of them are great people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's it like walking into that room? Because, and pardon me if I'm wrong, but that was still new enough. Nobody really knew who you were at yes. that point. Yeah, it's, it's tough being a new reporter wherever you go. I mean, I was a reporter in Idaho for, for three years before this, and, and even then people are, are just... Whether it's watchdog.org and, and how we write or, or any other news, news source, I'm sure it's hard to come into a new area and write. Uh, but particularly the questions I was asking, you know, uh, taxpayer-oriented questions, people were a little suspicious of what I'm doing here. But uh, it, was, it was good times. Um, uh, you know, Sam Rankin talked to me, uh, Diane Smith, who I really like, and um, I think she, she is, has a very bright future in the Democratic Party. Um, 
you know, she was very willing to talk to me, and, and Kim Gillen and Frankie Wilmer, all, all very gracious. It was, a, it was a fun event. Good. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, let's back up, because I want to talk about the time that you were in Idaho, and I also yeah. want to talk about how you got mixed up in politics, because, you know, was it something that you were interested in forever? Did you grow up in a political household, <laughs> or...? Yeah, I, you could say that. My mom never never liked politics and, and still to this day isn't really interested in it. Um, but my dad is is one of those, and I love my dad, I do, but he, he's, he loves Fox News a lot. And, <laughs> so uh, does mine, yeah, trust no, me. I, 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 I love him to death, and, and he actually pushes me to be better every day. Um, but that's kind of how I got my start. And, and, and my dad was very, he's very Republican. He supported all the Republican candidates for president, every office. Um, I interned for a Republican congressman uh, at Boise State, um, which was not so much that I supported the guy's politics. It's just in Idaho, you have to intern for Republicans. There's nobody else to intern for. <laughs> and I did work on his campaign. It was Bill Sally, who is uh, kind of an idiot. He, rep uh, what did he do? He introduced a bill to reduce the law of gravity by 10% to protest some congressional policy. I thought that was the most asinine thing in the whole world. I'm not kidding you. It was the most asinine bill. We're uh, going to repeal the law of gravity. Yeah, it was something Ooh. like that. I, I don't know. But and, and then I was working at a pest control company, and I got caught up in Idaho politics, and, and it just went from there. So it was a... It just kind of evolved. I've never really planned on being in politics, but it's I, I've learned that it's really addicting. It's almost like meth or, or heroin or something like that. <laughs> Neither of which you've done. You're a no. good Mormon boy. <laughs> I don't know what, of which I, you I speak. can imagine. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the things that came to light after you had, and this was right after you had re reported on the um, candidates forum, mm -hmm. was the article that came up in uh, yeah. Cowgirl about. Uh, the incident. The incident. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, I could sum it up, but I think I have the facts wrong. But I suspect that's because the facts are so screwed up everywhere. Yeah. So let me try, and then you can correct me. <laughs> um, you were working for, you were actually working as a reporter at this time, and a congressman's aide was going to work for a PR company that also did lobbying. Mm -hmm. And if he was going to become a lobbyist, that's in violation of the moratorium rule. Yeah. And you called the company under an assumed identity to find yep. out if he worked there, found out he worked there, reported it, then told him that you did it under an assumed identity, yep. and people got pissed about this. Now, what cracks me up about this whole scenario, and there's a level of hypocrisy that's in politics that drives me nuts anyway, yeah. but this particular hypocrisy absolutely makes me crazy because there yeah. are people that work at every one of the campaigns that claim to be other people that call a campaign and yeah. try to get a statement from yeah. them. And, well, and yeah. I don't understand why, well, I, I do understand why, you know, uh, the ethics of being a journalism would hold you to a standard that's higher than mm -hmm. a politician, because that's like saying I'd like to hold you to the standard of a human being instead of a slug. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't understand at all where the political campaigns get off on complaining about this sort of behavior when they partake in it. Right. Well, let's let's walk back for a second. Let's let's run through a couple details that were skewed, and, and not your fault. I think a lot of people have, have uh, misconstrued what actually happened. Uh, uh, Cowgirl uh, is very good at at what she slash Governor Schweitzer, what, what they do <laughs> together. 
they they are very good at, at slandering folks, and some deservedly so. And I, I deserve. I don't I don't know about slander. <laughs> they do paint things in an yeah. interesting way, but yeah. I think that you do with your articles yes, as well. Yeah, you're right. But I did not, as Cowgirl said, leave Idaho because of this incident. Well, no, you were still working. I was well. Actually, I was in Montana when I called back to Idaho. It was my first or second week of work, and I actually called Montana or back to Idaho. Uh, to find out if, if this lawmaker was going to take this job. Um, that's, that's the fact that I think that everybody... Wait misses. a minute, so you're working for Watchdog when you did I was this? working for Watchdog and called on my own personal time. Ah. And it's not like I was doing a Watchdog investigation because I'm focused on Montana now. Right. But I called on my own personal time to this company and said, hey, is this lawmaker? And I, I did use the, the moniker of Joe Turner, which, of course, if you listen to the introduction, is not my real name. <laughs> um, and, and no, no, it's not. It was, it was just an interesting article that I, or an issue that I was going to pass on to a colleague back in Idaho uh, just to, to help him and to, to finish up a loose end that I just didn't tie up before leaving. Um, do I regret it? Of course I do. It was the wrong thing to do. Uh, that being said, the issue was if this lawmaker had a, a sitting job opportunity with this lobbying firm while still in session and how that could have affected his votes. Is he going to lobby? He says no. Uh, the company says probably not, but they're still open to him lobbying next year when, when Idaho goes back into session. So it's a legitimate issue. I went about it the wrong way, and there, there's been some misrepresentations of what happened. Here. Right, and, the, and there's going to be fallout from this that I think you'll probably have to deal with this for a long mm -hmm. time coming. Um, yeah. Which, okay, so here's my theory on life. Everybody screws up. God knows I do. Um, <laughs> Hopefully you learn from your mistakes, mm -hmm. but the biggest thing is that you admit to them and own up to them because mm -hmm. even if you don't learn from them particularly and you do it again, you know, for whatever reason, I try not to. Yeah. I'm not perfect. <laughs> uh, you know, at least you're willing to try. Yeah. I think that makes you a far better person than these people who go, oh, I never make mistakes. Uh, and there's, there's something to be said for owning it. You know, it, it's like, yeah, I stepped in it. Sorry, I, yeah. I'll go wash my shoe. <laughs> um, but and then there's the other side of this, and this is the part that kills me because I do like cowgirl. I don't know who it is. Yeah. I have my suspicions. Yeah. But I do not know who it is, and I follow her on Twitter, and she follows me or he or whoever. And um, I've had a couple of conversations via email, mm -hmm. but. It kills me that somebody who's using a nom de plume yeah. <laughs> is complaining about somebody using a nom de plume. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys, this is, it's so ridiculous. Uh, it just, it, it makes me crazy. And I'm like, oh, this got blown way out of proportion. It's not worth it. I no, I, I think, I think you're right. Uh, you know, Cowgirl really, I, I, I read Cowgirl every day. Every post that they've put out, they read it. Um, but I, I wish, like, like many people, uh, also desire. I wish that I knew who Cowgirl was and, and that whoever's behind it would have the, the guts to own what they do. I mean... Right. Well, and that's that's the whole thing about democracy. I think it's, you know, these people that hide behind, well, you don't need to know that information. Well, actually I do because it verifies whether what you're saying is valid. Mm -hmm. And um, I may not like you as a human being. I may not like your politics. Those are all things that I get to decide because mm -hmm. it's me. It's not about you. Yeah. But if you don't have the guts to stand up in daylight and say what you're saying, you really probably shouldn't be saying it. Well, and it, it, to me... <sighs> but that, that goes back to you know many other issues like <laughs> Prop 8. I, I don't think you get to hide behind... You, know, you, know, you made a donation. You chose to stand behind mm -hmm. this issue. 
okay, whether you supported it or you fought against it, you made the decision, and your name should be out there. I agree. I think that it, it all goes back to, I think a couple years ago, there was, a, there was an Idaho lawmaker who proposed a bill or, or just discussed an idea of requiring online commenters to, to disclose their real name. And that, that of course, has been poo-pooed by the establishment of the internet. Um, oh, it's a right to privacy. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think that, that cowgirl in, in some ways is, is much like the trolls on, that exist on the internet that are out there to, to hide behind their fake monikers and, and uh, just say whatever outrageous thing right or left that they want to say. Cowgirl brings up some very valid points from time to time, but uh, their, their, their whole presentation is kind of cheapened because of the fact that they, they hide behind a veil of secrecy. I, I would I would hope that someday we'll know who it is, but I, I'm not not looking not that holding actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm not not thinking that's actually going to happen. Yeah, I, and I don't know if it will either. And you know, to be uh, fully honest, there are plenty of people that I know that are not uh, completely open with uh, their names online mm -hmm. um, because sometimes it's just better to not be. It's the you know, but. You have to weigh that in with, you know, they're saying this, but they have to hide who they are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is it 100% right? Even if it is, how much is it really worth? Yeah. And I'm not one of those people who's ever hidden because what I say because I learned a long time ago, as soon as you say it, somebody will write it down. It'll come back and bite you. So yeah. you might as well just own it from the get-go. <laughs> um, or don't say it. Yeah. You know? It's like... Uh, if you can't say this to your mother across the crowded church or on Facebook, <laughs> uh, you, well, then the other thing, yeah, if you put it on Facebook, you might you you're saying it across the crowded church to your mother, yeah, loudly, yeah. Um, and don't forget that it may say privacy, but uh, yeah, those, those settings get changed a lot. Yeah, there's nothing there. So, uh, you're now a reporter for the Watchdog Organization. You moved to Montana. Had you been here before? I actually lived in Montana, just a couple blocks down from where I am now in East Helena, uh, for I think it was six or seven years. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's it's a great place. I love it. This I I remember it being called the Big Sky State, and now I remember why. It's it's incredible. Um, the scenery is is beautiful. We drove up to uh, to Great Falls last week, and it's just a fantastic drive. That yeah, way. it's burning right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that's not so great, but but the scenery is really great. The people are great. Um, the politics so interesting, so much more fun than Idaho, where it's a one-party state, and the one party is absolutely out of their mind. So. <laughs> okay, so you tend to be very conservative yes. in, in, in your thinking and in your writing and, uh, and in your opinions, obviously. Yeah. But the Republicans in Idaho are out of their mind. Yes. <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll bite. Give it to me. Okay. I don't understand. I just, here's the thing. Is I, I made... Some of my first national exposure uh, in the media came from covering the, the 2010 Republican State Convention in Idaho. In, in that, they put in uh, their platform, they want to return to the gold standard, they want to audit the Fed, which that one, that one seems somewhat le legitimate. Uh, okay. uh, they, I, I haven't done enough research. I, I don't know. I don't know how but, you would audit the Fed, but okay. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, but they, they put in the, the audit of the Fed, uh, return to the gold standard, uh, something about we only recognize uh, like normally men and normal born men and women, no transgendered marriages or something like that. Oh, good um, it was the most outrageous platform that, that anyone could have ever devised. 
anywhere. And so I just, the, the modern Republican Party, whether it's in Idaho or Montana, struggles with, with actually getting things done. They say that the Democrat Party, the Democratic Party is a party of no ideas, or bad ideas, and Republicans are uh, no ideas. And I think that's true. In fact, I think they're going backward in their ideas, and I think that's terrible for the country. They're spinning their wheels, and we're paying for it as taxpayers. How, how let me ask you, how does uh, returning to the gold standard really help our country? Or it, it doesn't. It, it does so many bad things. It, it would be a level of insanity that the the world economy couldn't survive. Yeah, it's it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know the whole thing is is that gold has this uh, inherent meaning that humans have given to it, but that is strictly imaginary. Mm -hmm. And returning to the gold standard with the amount of money that we actually pass around now is. Im almost impossible. Gold as a as a commodity would be worth so much that nobody would wear any jewelry whatsoever. Yeah, I think and I have then, a feeling in my tooth I'd have to take right, out. Right, exactly, because it could pay for college. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah. it's 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 just there's a finite amount of it, and we're not living in the Middle Ages. That's not what we need mm -hmm. to convey value between two different countries. There's far better ways to do it, and there's far more peaceful ways of doing it. Remember that once we get into a situation where money is a limited commodity we're going to start dealing with it doesn't flow fast enough for our economy. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we've got going on right now with the current slowdown in spending, and this, I, I know the Republicans will hate me for this, but the, the <laughs> truth of the matter is the current slowdown in spending stops money from moving. Mm -hmm. Our economy is not based on the amount of money in it, it's the amount of money that moves through it. Yes. And so if money stops, if people are hoarding money, everything else stops too. Mm -hmm. We don't build roads, we don't build bridges, therefore those people don't get paid, they don't buy houses, yeah. those people don't get paid, they don't buy cars, those people don't get paid, yeah. and it's this whole circle of people don't get paid. You know, there was a the great story in the 80s when they raised taxes on, um, it was the yacht tax is what I remember it as, but um, the, um, the you've got more money than God, therefore we're going to tax this purchase tax. Right. Extravagance tax? I don't remember. Something like that. Anyway, yeah. but the basic premise was, well, there's no rich people buying yachts, so the boat builders aren't making any money. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, but there are no rich people buying anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> there's nobody buying anything, so nobody's going to pay. <laughs> that's a much bigger problem. Yeah. But uh, I, I think overall... It, so, yeah, you, the gold standard yeah, problem. Yeah, no, that was, that was uh, just terrible. But I can't think of, you know, you'll, you'll have... As, as elections roll around, you'll have a lot of Republicans rolling out these uh, these mailers that say, we fought for family values, we fought for... for no, you fought for an atlatl. You <laughs> <laughs> fought for something, but it's not... It, it's you just, fought for the 1600s, and that's great. That's better than the Catholic Church. They're still on 12. <laughs> I, just, I just can't name one thing that I think that the that the Republican Party has really accomplished that's significant, other than, of course, we're on... I don't know when this podcast comes out, but today you know, we're gonna—is it gonna come out today? Yeah. Tomorrow we're gonna see the 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 healthcare ruling, and a lot of conservatives think that that was the the healthcare law was the wrong thing to do, and Republicans took the lead in in opposing that law. That that's one of the things that, whether you like it or not, Republicans have accomplished nationwide. Other than that, I can't really name much. Yeah, and I don't know that accomplished is the right word. I I tend to. Agree. 
Uh, healthcare. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's another, it, another it, subject. It's, for it's another a day. whole other show. But you know, basically, to sum up my position, we're the only industrialized first world country that doesn't have socialized medicine, mm -hmm. and we spend more money on healthcare than any other. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we're doing it wrong. Yeah. It's a pretty easy equation yeah. at that point. You look at what everybody else is doing, and yeah, is it ideal? No, but we could do it better. That yeah. doesn't mean it shouldn't be socialized because we've socialized parts of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and the parts that we've socialized, unfortunately, are the most expensive ones. Yeah. We haven't socialized the cheap ones. <laughs> It's like, um, guys, let's back this boat up. Yeah, <laughs> but there is, there is. I mean, but but on the healthcare law, you know, I have the other problem with it that you know, God love Max, but if you're a sitting senator and you're the sponsor of the bill and you have the audacity to say I had other people read it, I have not read this bill, Ooh. you should just get up, turn yeah. in your resignation, and fly home. There's a lot of anti-Max Baucus sentiment here in Montana. I'm well, it, part of it is exactly that moment when he stood up and said I haven't read it, but it's your bill, dude. Yeah, that's, and let me ask you this, and, and I'm still trying to get the feel of the land here. Do no, you, I'm the wrong person for that. But no, I think, I think you've got it more than I do. Do you think that, that Brian Schweitzer will primary Max Baucus um, you know what? Max has held the position long enough that, well, there's, there's two parts to this, and it's not an easy complex yeah. question. Uh, it's more complex than you think. Because Max is the head of the finance committee. He's had the position for so long that finally the state of Montana has a level of power that it actually needs to get stuff done for the state. Right. We can start having projects done in the state that haven't been touched in 50 or 60 years. There's several bridges that need to be done. Mm -hmm. There's development that needs to happen here. There's things that need to be taken care of. And because he's got the seniority, those things have started to be taken care of. And we had, and, this, and, and so really the person that I'm pissed off the most about with this is Reberg, because he had enough seniority that had he stayed in the House, right. his next term he could have started leading some really important committees right. and making as big a difference to us, and then Max wouldn't have been as important. Yeah. But because Reberg decided that he had to go be a senator and run for Tester's seat, and you know, Tester's only one term, so he's still at the low end of the totem pole. Right. But because Reberg decided to give up all of his standing in Congress and start over again in the other House, We've now got the situation where we've either got a one or two term senator and we could lose the only real politician with power outside the state from the state right. if Schweitzer steps in there. Yeah. So it's a very delicate thing. It really is. And you know, so I, do I think he wants to do it? Oh God, yes. Yeah. Do I think it's a smart move politically? Probably because when it comes right down to it, Max made a mistake when he made that when he did what he did with healthcare, both right. in the statement and in how he went through it. Right. I think it was you know. It, but there's the other part of me that goes, you know what? If you know it's right and you do it, sometimes you still pay the consequences yeah. for it, and and that's perfectly legitimate. Do I think he did the right thing? I think it's the right bill because it's a step in the right direction. It's got some problems. So do many other laws in mm -hmm. the past, but we can fix those. Yeah. Do I think that Max is going to always be the best for us? God, no. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy a lot, I really do, but there are many times when I'm just like, what? Yeah. I don't understand. Um, do I think politically for the state of Montana it's a good move for him to do? Mm -hmm. No. It puts Montana back with where we basically, no matter what happens in the test of Reberg race, we got three freshmen. Yeah. We have three brand new representatives in this, and we're a small enough populous state that we will not get power for 20 years. Yep. Well, By that point, we could have a new constitution. Uh, 
Seriously. Let's, let's hope not. <laughs> no, in, in, the, in Montana. Oh, we vote on yeah, that every 20 true, years. That's true. You know, and, and that's one of the things that people forget. This state put into its constitution that rule for the specific reason because we had seen what had happened with the last constitution where it just got out of whack. We're like, no, we're not doing this again. Right. The founding, this is one of those, I love this. The founding <laughs> fathers actually had it right. They said a constitution should only last about 13 years. Mm. Ours at that point had lasted so long it was ridiculous. There were so many stupid things in our mm. old constitution. Well, we put in, we built into our new constitution a way to avoid that. The populace can literally just go, yep, it's time for a new one. There's too much stupid in this one. <laughs> At the federal level, we didn't do that. Yeah. And those were the people who actually came up with the idea. We just implemented it in Montana. And there have been a couple other states since that have implemented it, and it is a good idea. Yeah. You know, but by the time that we'd have any power in Congress again, if Schweitzer were to replace Bacchus, Unless there was a massive turnover everywhere else so that it, you know, first and second termers are going to be at the top of that pile, it's going to be 20 years before we get anywhere. Right. Well, and I mean, that just kills the state. It really could depend on, on the 2012 election, of course. If, if I don't well, it could also depend on if Reberg wins. Because if Reberg wins, I don't think Schweitzer will attack Bacchus. I think he'll wait and attack Reberg. Yeah, that's true. I think, which would be smart. Yeah, that, I think that would be probably the smarter move. And it really, like I said, it really could depend on the 2012 elections. If Republicans take the Senate, then, then uh, you know, Bacchus has slightly less power because Orrin Hatch would then be the, the ranking com uh, committee member on the finance committee. Right. I think, yeah. Yes, he would. Yeah. So, um, so you know. And, and well, provided he wins his election. Hatch? Yeah, and how's he going to lose? <laughs> well, yeah, in Utah. He's related to three-quarters of the state. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> and then that's not being mean. I mean, their family's huge. Yeah. And I think, that actually, he's got cousins here in town that I went to school with. Huh. Um, the Hatch family. Live in Sunhaven. Good people. Um, it's, there's a ton of things that can go wrong. And it's the political long game that you have to look at to see whether it's a really good idea. Right. And there's so much external influence. Of, you know, it, it, of course, becomes fuzzy. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, are all these people... Orrin Hatch is an older guy. Is he going to retire? Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe it would be one of those things. Right. Uh, whatever. But, but you'd still have... He, w he may not be the, the lead member, but he'd be a ranking member. Yeah. He still has a lot of influence and power simply because of his seniority oh, and yeah. the way the rules are structured in the Senate. And to give that up as a state is foolish. Yeah. To put yourself in a position as a party for the Democrats to say, well, we have to either vote for Max again, who we're kind of ticked at, <laughs> or we have to vote for Brian, who we like, but who will set us back at ground zero. Right. We have to have a good reason to go back to ground zero. See, and I, I think that, that, you know, what was it? The Fix, the Washington Post uh, Fix blog said that Bacchus, or uh, Schweitzer was one of the top 10 most popular governors in the nation. Oh yeah! Well, every time he goes on the news, everybody and my friends in London and my friends in Tokyo—they've all seen him on the yeah. news in various times—and they're like, "That's your governor. He's so cool." And I was like, eh, "You're always See, seeing him now." <laughs> and I, I think that no matter what, the likability factor will trump seniority factor. I really do. And oh, I think in the election, I think certainly, that, whether yeah. it's a good idea or yeah. not is a whole yeah, different story. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So. Um, likability always wins an election. That's why I'm not running for an election because I am a prick <laughs> and people do not like me. Yeah. Although, really, if I ran the election as you know what, vote for me, I'll be in D.C. instead of in Montana. They'd be like, go. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But the good thing for Democrats, I think, in, in 2014 with that seat, it's a solid Democratic seat. There's no one in the Republican Party that, that I think has good enough name recognition uh, to, to, to challenge either Baucus or Schweitzer. I don't see another Republican 
I mean, maybe you do, but I don't see another Republican in the in the stable that they can put up against because they're using Reberg. Unless Reberg loses, which it would be foolish to put up a, a loser against. Well, and, and at that point with Reberg, because he's he's able to retire, why would he? Yeah. You know why? What's the benefit in it for him? It's just more headaches. Yeah. But he'd be I, better off doing speeches and staying on his or lobbying ranch. <laughs> I need the air quotes out. <laughs> ranch. That's um, a big issue around here, I found out. Oh, yeah. You know, don't very... claim you're a rancher in Montana if you don't actually raise something. Yeah, or, or I think you have to be a, a rancher or a farmer of some sort in order to run for... Is that in your constitution? Was that put in, in the constitution? Um, I'll let you look it up. I know you can read. <laughs> no, it's not in the constitution. And actually, it's, it's funny because there are a lot of people that are in politics that have never even been near a cow. Yeah. I mean, other than several teachers they had. <laughs> that was mean. That's terrible. Um... But you know how kids are with teachers. Yes. Anyway, um, but yeah, none of them have ever been near a cow. They have no idea what, the, like a stampede would come past them, they'd be dead. Yeah. Uh, and I'm one of those people, like everybody goes, oh, you're from Montana. You know, what's it like growing up? And I was, well, you know, we had cover wagons and we used to have to <laughs> you know, defend ourselves from the Indian tribes as they tried to fight us in math class. Yeah, no kidding. It's like, whatever, it's, you know, it's Montana. It's yeah. not the moon. <laughs> we, we have indoor plumbing, guys. All right, leave it, leave it alone, <laughs> exactly. leave it alone. Exactly. It's the same as the Flintstones. We got a dinosaur outside with its snout coming in. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So you know, there's that misconception of, of what Montana politics is. Yeah. But there's also the, um, you know, do you have to meet this ideal of what a politician is? And I think we have this weird that you do. You know, are you a real Montanan comes mm -hmm. up a lot. And I don't think it has anything to do with are you a rancher or whatnot, but do you own a gun? Mm -hmm. Have you been here since you were born? Yep. Um, did you grow up in a small town and then move to one of the bigger cities? Yep. You know, there's this, this sort of aura of authenticity that's there granted really to them that uh, I find myself both loathing and falling into as a trap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, they're not a real Montana. Of course, neither am I. I was born in Colorado. Moved here when I was five, got here as fast as I could. Yeah. Um, but I moved away for 17 years because I was sure that I didn't want to live in Montana. And, right. You know, when I moved back, I was like, no, I kind of like this place. Yeah. You know, but it took a little bit. And it, and I'm not a rancher, and I'll never be a rancher. And I don't I don't expect that everybody should be a rancher. I want people that live in our cities. I want people that live on our ranches. I want people that have, you know, worked in farms, and I want people that have founded businesses. And, and their idea of camping is the same as mine, where they go to the Holiday Inn and the restaurant <laughs> closes at midnight. <laughs> That's really roughing it. It is. You know, I'm sorry. I wanted a martini. It's 1 a.m. I should be able to get one. And, you know, but no, I'm camping. And, yeah. You know, my, you know, I have other friends that have invited, actually, on a camping trip this coming weekend. They're like, we're going to go out on the lake and we're going to camp. And I'm like, like, for real camp? Because <laughs> I don't think I own a sleeping bag. <laughs> In fact, I know I don't. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, but that's, you know, it's part of Montana. It's what we do. Yeah. We, you know, we hike and we fish and we hunt and we uh, have ballet and opera and all of these different things. And it's, it's across the board wonderful to be here. Mm -hmm. I think if you partake in most of that or any of that, you're a Montana. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know. It's it's an interesting dynamic, and, and I but I've never you know I've only covered politics in a few places, and and uh, I've never seen such an emphasis on on the fifth generation or third generation Montanan or or you know I farm a ranch. It's it's just something that's new to me as as a reporter and stuff, and I, I think it is is endearing somewhat because it is it. it proves that you are the quintessential Montana, that you really care about the farmers and the ranchers and, and the people in the rural communities with the post offices or, or whatever. But 
it, I, I wonder if it disqualifies some people from, from running for office because they, they don't own a farm or they don't ranch or whatever, you know. But it's just uh, an interesting interesting thing that, that just happens. See, I don't think it does. Like, I was having this discussion with Diane Smith because she's not from Montana, but she moved here. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, she's from the East Coast, and she moved here 10 years ago and absolutely fell in love with the place. She's a Montanan. Yeah. There is nothing about that woman that does not qualify as true-blooded Montanan. Yeah. Her daughter is technically not a Montanan either, but grew up here and knows Montana inside and out and will forever be a Montanan. Yeah. But technically, her grandkid's going to be the first generation born in the state yeah. if her kid has a kid. <laughs> I don't think that should disqualify from her from anything, especially because she's done some amazing things for the state. Yeah. You know, she's founded a business that makes a, a ton of money and pays a huge amount of taxes. That's a great thing. Mm -hmm. you know? but, but, you know, then you got these other people. Oh, I'm a fifth generation Montana and I came over in a wagon. Uh, well, myself. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. stop. I mean, yeah. it, looking back, and it's funny because in my family, um, my dad's side is not Montanans. I mean, they're mostly from Arkansas. And, um, but my mom's side, my grandfather was raised in Butte. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think he was born in Butte. But his parents, or at least his father, we don't know where he's from. We know mm -hmm. he's from Ireland, but we don't know where at because he was on the list that the British wanted to kill. And oh boy! Yes, he was on a he was on a, a terrorist list. Oh boy! Um, come from a long line of doing politics right. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I I could technically be third generation Montanan, except I was born in Colorado. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, well, and I don't know that my grandfather was born in Butte, but I have to check with my mom. But yeah, you know, it's it's one of those. Are you a Montanan? Yes, I'm a Montanan. Yeah, I think maybe maybe we need to look at it where it's it's more of a frame of mind. It, it very much is because there's no way I'm going to say that somebody that lives the Montana lifestyle enjoys enjoys the Montana outdoors and 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 participates in in the community is not a Montanan. But you just have to have a few more credentials to run for office, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you do. And, and you know, so you've been covering a lot of candidates. Let's mm -hmm. get back to you. There's an interesting discussion, but let's get back to you. You've, you've been covering a lot of candidates, and you're obviously covering all the races that are happening here. And mm -hmm. you've got your focus for Watchdog is the big races, yes. governor, uh, Senate, and Congress. Yeah. And um, what about the rest of the land board? Are those not really important? Not or? really. I mean... Of course, those are important uh, important races uh, to Montana politics. But when it comes to the major decisions, U.S. Senate, Congress, and the governor's race. Uh, All right, so let's handicap it. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! No, I'm putting I'm putting Dustin on the spot here because we are going to be doing a roundtable, and hopefully, it will be happening next week. And um, everybody who comes to that roundtable will be guests that have been on the show before. So that includes you. And I hope you can make it. And. Um, we're going to be uh, really discussing all of the stuff that's, that we expect to see in the next five months of politics. Is that right? Five months? July, August, September. Yeah, October, we're almost yeah. we're almost there. Holy cow! Football season's coming soon. And oh yeah, that's I had so better. much to do with that. I'm like, you know what? I can't wait to see football because it will remind me that I don't have to live in politics. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's 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 you know like if if uh, if politics is my meth, then then. Football is my marijuana. It just takes me down. It's, it's fantastic. Don't you love hearing a Mormon use, use drug references? I it's love fantastic. this. Uh, okay, so before we get into handicapping everything, who's your football team? Uh, Oregon. Oregon Ducks all the way. Okay, so that's your college team. Who's yeah. your NFL team? Uh, 
I don't really. I I, I have been an NFL or a, a Miami Dolphins fan, but I just they really. Suck so, so you bad. and Mike Wessler have the same team. Who's Mike Wessler works for the Democrats. Does he? Oh, I, I love see, it. Mike. I just, Mike. See, I told you you shouldn't <laughs> like them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I just. They've just made some terrible decisions. I, I, yeah, I they was, tried to play football, and yeah, they've yeah, obviously yeah. got a team they, scout they, for something else. <laughs> maybe underwater basket weaving or something. But I mean, I was a big Dan Marino fan back mm. in the day. He so was. You know, that's understandable. Even without the ring, he was—he's still one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. And and, you know, I just love the quarterback position. I think he did it well. So, that's that's the only reason. But and then the the Oregon Ducks. Did you go to Oregon? No, I just uh, again, I think I I fell in love with their quarterback again, Joey Harrington, back in in oh, I think it was oh one, watching him play. And and ever since then, I've really I've watched their evolution with awe because they they've become one of the most dynamic. Uh, incredible football programs in the country with the offense they run. Uh, I, I mean, I love the uniforms. You know, they're they're just an exciting team to watch. They're they're the Miami Heat of the NCAA. So everybody hates them, and they got a player that was voted out of a city. <laughs> well, maybe that's not the best best comparison, but anyway. uh, uh, King James finally got a ring. Yes. <laughs> and it wasn't his ex-girlfriend calling him for money. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay, so let's handicap the races for governor. This All right, we'll come back to it. For no, the no, Senate. we can start. No, let's start there. Let's let's start there and work our way up. I think that this is going to be uh, a dirty race. Uh, Republicans have a lot of beef with with Bullock over the Obamacare thing and, and his lack of willingness to go after the the Obamacare case, which I see why he did it, and it it was perfectly within his purview to do it. Rick Hill uh, has a lot of baggage that was brought out in the GOP primary. I think that it's going to be incredibly dirty. Uh, I I don't know if if Bullock's going to bring that out or or if outside groups will bring it out. It's going to be out. This is Montana. There's nothing we like more than gossip. Yeah, (laughs) and and if it comes down to a race of personalities and, and baggage, it's Bullock's race to lose. He's got it in the bag. Uh, I, I honestly don't know exactly how Hill is going to attack Bullock, other than you know, say he's with the Obamacare agenda or whatever. Uh, I think I think Bullock pulls it out by a nose, but that's just a personal feeling of mine. I think in debates, Bullock is going to smoke Hill. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think actually, and see, I come at this. I, I I have the same opinion. I think it's Bullock's race to lose. Yeah. But I've seen so many missteps recently that yeah. he could it could really cost him, and it wouldn't cost him because people are voting the other way. They just won't vote for him. I I have noticed that, and I'm actually going to write a uh, an article uh, tomorrow afternoon or Friday about this. That he really angered the left because apparently, and I haven't done all the research, but apparently there were some tactics that he could have used in that Supreme Court case that he didn't use, and they everybody's uh, wondering well, why. Well, yeah, there's a bunch of people that say that the 14th Amendment could have been invoked. I think it was the 11th Amendment. or 11th, but it couldn't. It, it doesn't work that way. The yeah. Supreme Court gets to review every law in the land. That's the way it works. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with these people. Yeah. So uh, you know, there's there's just that out there, and so. Yeah. But there's a there's a lot out there, but I think that. At the end of the day, he presented his case, and the justices said they didn't want to hear it. So yeah. it didn't matter what he presented; they didn't want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. So that's so, you know, we he at least tried. Yeah. There were thirty six other states that rolled over like puppies. <laughs> you know, and and so here's a, here's the fundamental thing that I that I think is interesting about Bullock and his race is that um, the. Uh, Citizens United was exactly what the Attorney General is supposed to do, defend the state's laws. Right. But 
the attorney general, because we didn't pass a law that says that we are not going to obey health care, he couldn't join that lawsuit. Mm -hmm. The attorney general had no, he had no legal standing to do so. Mm -hmm. And in many of the other states, I think that's going to be brought up. The, a lot of those states, are, it's going to be thrown out that they don't have standing to do it. Yeah. Now, some of them had standing laws that, yeah. are, that are in direct opposition to parts of the health care. They have standing. Right. And um, that, that central issue, which everybody goes, oh, it's just standing. And there's the Supreme Court. Yeah, you, everything gets thrown out on standing at the Supreme Court. And that's Even true. if you sort of have standing. And this that's is true. one of the things on Prop 8 that could be a problem because the people that are coming up, California is saying they have standing, but every court except the Ninth Circuit has said they don't. Mm -hmm. So it'll be one of those where you don't have the standing to defend this. Goodbye. Yeah, but the, the thing is... I don't think it matters. It, I don't think it matters when it comes down to electoral to the, for the voting or in, for, in for the just law. electoral politics. I don't think it matters because uh, that's we, probably because true. most of the voters they're not they're not idiots. They know what they're doing, but none of them will will take the time to research the standing issue and, and get into the dirty details of this thing. If the Republicans can say, yeah, but Bullock if, supported Obamacare, that's enough. And see, if all Bullock has to do is say 36 others, or 20, was it 26? 24, I, whatever. T over 20 other states were taking care of this. If it passes, if we get it anyway, and we didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. I saved you money. There, there is, there is that argument, too. And, so we'll and, see if he pulls that out. You know, that's the other thing that he could do, and then that neat, yeah, neatly negates it. Although I don't know that people will buy it, because it's snarky lawyer talk. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, and then Hill, he's interesting. I've seen some of the old uh, footage of him when he was uh, interviewed. Yeah. And when he's on his game, he's dangerous. Yeah. The, and depending on what the topic is and what the setting is and how focused he is on that, he could flatten Bullock. Yeah. And, you know, it, he's not... There's nothing about the man that's stupid. He's done crazy things, mm -hmm. but who hasn't? I mean, yeah. he's a human being, let's be honest. Right. Do I think he'll be a great governor? I don't know. I don't know enough about him. I'm not voting for him because of where he stands on marriage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we could have that discussion later. Um, but that is because I've, you know, I've made a decision in my life that I'm no longer going to compromise on that. Right. Um, if that weren't part of where he was standing... Um, and it may not be by the time the election comes around. It, it, then my vote becomes uh, up in the air, really. Right. And he is, you know, he did a great job when he was a representative. Mm -hmm. The only reason he left is because he was having health problems. Right. You know, those have been taken care of. Is it bad to bring back a statesman who actually knows what they're doing? Not usually. Yeah, that's true. You know, so, it, yeah, Bullock, it, I do see it as Bullock's to lose, but I also see him making mis enough mistakes that he could do it. Yeah. So. Well, and... In, in Maybe that maybe that will be the the theme of this race is who makes the most mistakes and who's who. You know. God, I hope we elect on something more important. But <laughs> how often did you bite it? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's what politics has come to, Val. So. Oh, it can't be. Please, please, politicians, grow up. <laughs> so, okay, so that's obviously the biggest state race, yeah. and then we've got. Let's do the House first because this one cracks me up. We've got Kim Gillen, yeah, um, out of Billings, who's been a state rep. Representative, and then she was a senator. Was she a senator? Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't had her on the show. I know these things. If she'd ever call me back, <laughs> um, she's been very busy. It kind of cracks yeah, me up. Yeah, she has been. Um, 
but she's super, super cool. The one time that I met mm-hmm. her and talked to her, she said, yes, I'd like to be on the show. We were talking for, and she's hysterical. She's yeah. got a good head on her shoulders, knows the issues, has been in politics, knows how to get stuff done, and knows how to work with both sides of the aisle. Yeah. And in fact, one of the biggest complaints that a lot of my far left friends have is that she seems very um, right. Is she, is she kind of moderate? It, well, they say she's right. I think that she's just mm. not as left as they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the <laughs> she, case. She tends to be more middle of the road. Right. And then um, Steve Daines, who's a good friend of my mom's, mm-hmm. and I've actually met him a couple of times, is a very, very bright guy. Um, worked in a really tough industry, made in a, a really amazing business. Yeah. And, um, and wants to do good things for the state, but he's never been in politics. Yes. Yeah. Your guess? Uh, this one... I think is Dane's race to lose for now. I think that he is, uh, he's got the, the look of a politician, whereas Kim, Kim Wait, he's covered in slime. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never I noticed did, that about him. I didn't him. say that. No, I think he's got the look of a, a you know, he's got, you know, he's got the, the nice hair, the Mitt Romney hair almost. He's got the suit and everything, and he wears it well. He, he presents himself well. Well, he was um, a sales guy. Yeah, exactly. So he knows what he's doing w- with that. Uh, he, of course, has a monstrous, monstrous money advantage. He has something like 760000 in the bank where Kim Gillen has. Right, plus he's, a, he's already a millionaire yeah. on his own. So. Yeah, which will be used against him at some point in the race. Probably. Yeah, it's our, it, our, it already is. But, yeah. you know, that's one of those, if that comes back to, are you a real Montanan? He's a millionaire. He can't be. Yeah. Not necessarily true. Like, yeah. But <laughs> there's, there's so much to be said about that. I think that uh, it really will come down to, in this race, the economy. Danes is is casting himself. I interviewed him last week, and he's casting himself kind of as Montana's Mitt Romney, where there's not a lot of substance there, but he's talking all the he's, he's delivering all the right talking points. He's like, we need less government, we need more jobs, we need less red tape, you know, all these these textbook Republican talking points, which is fine. But that doesn't give, get give moderates and independents. Give me some more. I, I think the jobs argument will win over some independents. Yeah, but I'd like to point out, and, and this is the thing that kills me about the job argument, there is never a time when Congress creates jobs unless they're doing things like, oh, I don't know, what was the thing that they did a couple of years ago? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, <laughs> when they spent $550 million. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are complaining that it wasn't, it, it wasn't right, and... I'm not going to get into that. But the thing is, is that's the only time that government makes money is when it spends it, or right. makes jobs is when it spends right. money. You know, but, so, but then you have, to, you have to, you know, it depends on your point of view on that, I guess, because, you know, Danes comes from the schooling that government getting out of the way lets the private sector create oh, jobs. I would, I would agree with that. And, you know, and government has this horrible tendency to be a ratchet, and it only goes in one direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's, there definitely needs to be that. I mean, in Montana, we need to do that. There's no reason that our, our microbreweries can only brew 10,000 barrels. Why, don't, why would we stop a business from being as successful as it can? No kidding. You know, we're stopping. Cold smoke is not available in Helena. And the reason it's not available is because of lawmakers that were in Helena. So they're not allowed to have any during the next, <laughs> next session. Anybody in, the, in Helena who serves a cold smoke to a legislature, legislator, unless they're actually from Billings, so Bryce Bennett gets one, but, and maybe Ellie Hill. <laughs> Or from Missoula, not from Billings. They're, they're the only ones that get it because it's their, you know. Yeah. But the rest of you, until you change the law, don't get any. Um, <laughs> that's going to be the new rule. But yeah, we do have to get it the way. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that we do that. It doesn't make sense that it takes 33 inspections to get a bathroom renovated in Helena. Yeah. But those are things that have, you know, that's not national. You know, those are yeah. the, the national things that need to happen to get out of the way. Make the tax code easier. Yeah. 
Um, but think about how you're going to do it because everything that they've done, every time they've supposedly made it easier from the beginning of the tax code has made it more complex because they never remove anything. And adding anything to it makes it worse. Well, I think that, that Danes, if we're, if we're going down that road, Danes is one of those that uh, I think out front he would say we need to, a, a simpler, fairer tax code, but he's also one that says, well, we need to incent businesses to create jobs. Well, that just makes our tax code much more complex, makes it harder for everybody to play the game, and, and, and really it complicates complicates business and, and government. So this race, I, I don't know, I think I think Gillen really has an advantage because she, she has experience in government, uh, whereas it, it, I guess it's really going to be the businessman versus the, the government official, and, and really which one's going to win there, we, we don't know. I, I, I honestly think that, that Danes is going to be more dynamic, He's, his presentation is going to be better, he's going to be able to flood the airwaves when he needs to, uh, outstaff, outman Kim Gillen, I think it's his race. Hmm. Okay. And, and then there's also the argument that, that maybe, some, I, I kind of wonder if, if maybe Montana voters trust Republicans in the, you know, the lesser office, the House, but let's not give them the real important job of the U.S. Let's Senate. Let's not put them in the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> They, they That's do, an interesting perspective. I hadn't thought of it that way. They can do the little work, but let's let the they let's can, let the adults play in the Senate. Oh no. Okay, so let's get to the yeah. the adult race. We've got um, the child who used to be in the house <laughs> in Reberg going up against Tester. Yeah. And um, I'll give my opinion in a minute. You go first. Well, <laughs> let me let me disclose something right now. I will not be voting for John Tester or Danny Reberg. I think I watched them at the debate last Saturday, and I think there, there, there are some stark differences, but I think really there are some really close comparisons. I mean, they both talk the same game. They both say they care about veterans. They both, uh, you know, they, the post office thing, they both want to delay the post office closures. They both don't want to hurt Medicare. Um, uh, of course, Tester voted for uh, the stimulus and the, the health care reform. Uh, Danny Reberg voted for Medicare Part D. So they're, they, they both right. have interesting stuff on, on each side. They've both got baggage, and it looks to be from the same company. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think, I honestly think that Reberg is going to take the race by a thousand votes. I really do. You do I, think he's going to win? I think so. But, oh God, I hope not. again, let me, let me, I guess it'll come down to maybe maybe the way the, the bull kill race is going to come down to. If it comes down to voters deciding that, hey, they're close enough in policy, John Tester is way more likable than Denny Reberg. He's more dynamic. He, you know, he's presenting himself in his campaign ads as the folksy farmer. I mean, if you haven't heard that John well, Tester's a farmer in every single ad, you're not listening because every single ad... But they ad, were in the last one, too. And, yeah. And, the, and, it, and it works for him. It works for him. To, because know, he actually is. Yeah. As opposed to Denny Reberg, the rancher, who's got a subdivision. <laughs> and I understand that. I've but, been raising these houses. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you don't know... I mean, if you're living in Montana and you don't know John Tester's a farmer by now, 
you're living under a rock, or, or you, right, you're from Idaho, or something like that. Um, and you don't know his, uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I realized that day one. His, <laughs> I, I am, to be honest, I was impressed by his 2006 campaign. Uh, I read about, I think it was in The Hill, I read about Tester taking off three or four days from a Senate campaign to go plow his fields or mm -hmm. go harvest his crop. That really impressed me because that showed that he's a down-to-earth guy. Well, and that he's got responsibilities and the campaign can't pay him. Yeah. You know, when you're campaigning, you don't yeah. get paid by the campaign. Yeah. He's still got plenty of responsibilities that he's got to do. Yeah. And he went and did that. Yeah, that really impressed me. It really, I, I think that that showed that he was just a down-to-earth type of guy. Um, I think that when you look at the records, Tester's accomplished more uh, in his short time in the Senate than, than, than Reberg has in his 12 years. Now, there's an argument to be made there that senators, there's only 100 of them, they can do more in their short time. Oh, but have you seen what the Senate's done in the last two years of the budget? I, that would be a big old <laughs> goose egg. That's true, and that's a that's a huge knock on, on both Tester and Baucus. No, it's also on Reberg. The House hasn't passed a budget either. Well, they've passed a budget, but it was, of course, the Ryan budget that the well, Senate yeah. oh, didn't. We're gonna, yeah. That's like, hey, we passed a budget, and it looks like a flaming poo. <laughs> but, but <coughs> you know, the, the Senate voted 97 to 0 against Obama's budget, too, so... There's just a lot of inaction there. But when it comes to, you know, uh, veterans' issues and, and some right. other stuff, so Tester's he, accomplished more. He, well, yeah, and here's the thing that kills me about Reberg. Um, well, it doesn't kill me. It just irritates me, I guess. Um, Reberg has had, this, this, if he had stayed in the, and run for the House, this would be his seventh term. Mm -hmm. He has had plenty of times to accomplish something. Yep. He has now got the standing and the seniority in the House that he could have accomplished many things. Yeah. And he has accomplished exactly nothing for well, the I state. And he has shown up to groundbreaking ceremonies at things that were built by the federal government that he voted against. Yeah, I've He has that. tried to give a 100, 100 mile swath of the northern part of the state to the feds mm -hmm. because somehow we need to protect ourselves from Canada. I'd like to point out the only two <laughs> things they're bringing in are Molson and PBR, and we kind of like that, so <laughs> shot it, Reberg. <laughs> You know, and I'd love to have him on the show, not because I want to put him in a position where he, he has to defend himself, because I think enough people do that. I'd like to put him on the show to prove to myself that he's human, because the level of what he's done leads me to believe that he isn't. He doesn't pay attention to what's going on. So either there's something that I'm missing about his personality mm -hmm. that I really need to find, or he just doesn't get it. And I suspect I'm missing something because I don't see enough of him. And the only things that I do see are the things that drive me nuts about politics these days. You see sound bites and votes. And votes are always yes or no. And there may be something subtle going right. on that I don't know about. But he doesn't go out of his way to defend himself either on some of this stuff. He just says, this is what I did. Well, he's... Uh... I think he's using the Mitt Romney attack plan. But that's not an attack plan. I, I understand that's that. That's two but, but, flip flops and a blow dryer. <laughs> and a lot of money. I know. Um, <laughs> but I think that. 1976, U.S. Supreme Court screwed it up again. <laughs> but I, I, again, I think that, you know, likability will be a factor. But then again, as I've noted in some of my articles, how effectively Republicans and, and outside groups like Karl Rove and, and uh, Crossroads GPS can tie Tester and Obama together. Um, really will play a factor. Just as Mitt Romney is not necessarily running pro Mitt Romney, he's so much, I think he's, he's running, running anti-Obama. Anti I think that that's the same thing that, that Denny Reberg is doing here. He's not necessarily saying, yeah, I don't know that I'm that's Denny Reberg. Work. 
I, I don't know. It's a very risky tactic. It, it, really it is, is, and it was risky to jump into the race. I don't understand why you would do it. I mean, I, I do understand why somebody would want to be senator. Yeah. Hell, I want to be a senator one day. What a great job. Yeah. You go into the Capitol, you yell, you throw a phone book around, and then you go sit down for 22 hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you are responsible for doing something. I'm sorry, all you senators. I just insulted you. I'm going to need to put an apologia <laughs> at the end of this. But, you know, they do have a job to do, and they haven't been doing it, and there's a lot of the rules in the Senate and the House that need to change. So, like, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have a three-day work week. Five days is when you should be there. 40 hours a week at least. Exactly. And you should be on that floor, and you should be either defending or opposing something and making some sense and doing the right yeah. things that we elected you for. We didn't elect you to be... Uh, a celebrity. We elected you to do a job. Yeah. And we don't want you to do it forever. Don't think that you have to do this for 20 years. Yeah. If you're tired and you don't want to do it anymore, don't do it. Yeah. But but have Don't mail the, it in either though. Right. I mean, have the you, have the brains to, you know, bring other people up and train them so that they can take your place so that you can retire comfortably. And that doesn't mean with a bunch of money. That means knowing that somebody else is going to continue yeah. the good work that you've done. Yeah. But do the good work. Yeah. You know, so so I, I look at the race and I think that um, I think the tester will win mm -hmm. for two reasons. One, Denny's inaction in the house will cost him a lot. With yeah. Montana, nobody in the state is lazy. You can't be. Yeah. Everybody in the state has a job to do because this state is far too big for us to not. Yeah. And for him to have been elected six times and have accomplished, I think it's a total of three bills that have been Something passed. Like that. That's a ridiculously amount, low amount. I mean, he should have at least introduced 20 bills every week. I don't care. Yeah. You know, get something passed, but don't just name post offices and then what was the other? I don't remember. Well, keep in mind, uh, adding to that, you know, that he had a Republican majority in the House and the Senate, and they had the White House for six years, from 2001 until 2007. Mm -hmm. They had Bush in the White House, and they had both houses of Congress. I think and that they that accomplished not much. Not much. Medicare Part D, which of course is going to add unfunded trillions. Medicare yeah. Part D. Yeah, yeah, that's which that has to change. Yeah, there's well, it's long story there, but <laughs> I think that that will will hurt him. But then again, uh, you know, how fond are Montanans of Obamacare? Well, uh, it hasn't been implemented yet, I so who knows? That, but but we'll we'll find out tomorrow on, on the ruling. But but how fond are they of that? Right now, I saw a tweet actually that you put in today that. Um, uh, you retweeted somebody else. How does the stand or the ruling on Obamacare work for or against Group X? Yeah. You yeah. Know, so, <laughs> it, and I thought that was a very interesting question. Um, if it goes for, you know, if they strike, it, if they if they say yes, it's a perfectly legitimate law, and it mm -hmm. goes so those twenty six states. I think definitely the Tea Partier and the more right wing side of the GOP is going to be very incensed oh, yeah. and up in arms. Yeah. Um, but you also look at the Supreme Court, and there's five members of that court that tend to be in that direction. Yeah, but they won't blame it on those five justices. They won't. I think it, it works reverse, just like you said. If, if they uphold all or part of the law, we're going to see a, more of a uh, Republican tidal wave at the, the, uh, the polls this election. Right. If, if, they they, strike if they strike down it the down, law, Barack the Obama will be reelected. Guarantee it. <laughs> Guarantee it. And, which, and, which leads me to wonder if the if the justices are going to play politics. Yeah, I, I hope not. I don't uh, think they are. I don't. I don't think that they're self-aware enough of the political effect of what they could do would do that. Right. I do think they're self-aware in many other ways, but I think this is one of their blind yeah. spots. I think I, I've been really disheartened uh, as I've been watching right-wing blogs, news sources, left-wing news blogs, sources, whatever. Everybody 
is attacking the court and their their personality, their honor. I think that they're doing the best that they know how, well, according okay. to their ideology. Well, but I think I, I think tomorrow one, liberals are going to get their Roe v. Wade, the the ruling that they just hate with their hearts, and and they're going to attack the court and say that they're bought out by George Bush and special interests. I've said this, I've thought this for a long time. They're going to have their Roe v. Wade. Republicans attack Roe v. Wade in that court for for they've done it. Forever. Well, they're still attacking that court. Yes, and, and they still are. And they're still passing ridiculous laws that, that are just, oh, my God. <laughs> but I, I think that it's if you're pregnant and you'd like an abortion, you have to have your doctor rape you with a wand. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? So, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll get that tomorrow, and, and it will have a huge effect on the election. Uh, we'll see if that, if that really ripples down into Montana. So. And then we had the, okay, so let's back up a little bit. I know we talked about it for a minute, but the Citizens United. Yes. Um, obviously, it affects Bullock's race. Yes. How, do, does, how does it affect uh, the overall election in Montana, do you think? Oh, man, that's a tall order. Um, I think that uh, it just depends. It depends on, because it, it affects corporate interest, right? You know, the unions in Montana were already allowed to, to contribute within limits to, to candidates. Mm -hmm. I think that if Republicans or if, if Republican-oriented businesses see an opportunity to, to seize the governorship, the governor's mansion, whatever, and, and maybe pick off a couple other Democratic officials, uh, I think that we'll see a lot of negative campaigning. Montana Airways are going to be chock full. Businesses are going to, to go out of business because there's only going to be political advertisements right. on the radio and TV this fall. I'm not even going to watch They're only going to be for Tester and Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we'll just, if Republican-oriented businesses see an opportunity to pick off, you know, the governor's mansion, they'll do it. And, and it'll cost a lot of money, and, but that's the world we live in. See, and here's what I think will happen, just because, I've, you know, I have this innate Montana sense in me that I find in many other people that I truly consider Montanans. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that I consider you a Montanan yet, nope, because I don't I'm know not. if you've got this innate nope. sense. But we have uh, what a friend of mine calls oppositional defiant disorder, which you generally find in a two-year-old. Um, <laughs> like in Montana, literally, you will never find anybody walk on the grass when there's a sidewalk there, sidewalk there unless mm -hmm. there's a sign that says keep off the grass. Yeah. And then every single one of us will go out of our way to walk on the grass. <laughs> and I honestly think that that sort of, that, that sort of don't tell me what to do mentality yeah. will start to kick in when we see a bunch of corporate issues. Now, the interesting thing is you, of course, have the candidates camp campaign ads, which are going to be saturating us regardless. Yeah. But they all end with the, I am John Tester, I approve this message, or I am yeah. Jenny Reberg, I approve this message. Any of the other ones that are paid for by a group, all that's going to do is piss us off, and it's going to have the exact opposite effect. Yep. So if we see a bunch of them that are going, telling us to vote for Hill, or telling us to vote for Reberg, there's a very good chance we're going to vote for Bullock and Tester. Yeah. Because we don't like being bought. In the yeah, state, I've noticed we, that's that. why I have we noticed that. That's why we passed the law. The Copper Kings are not revered in the state. Like I remember seeing history in uh, Arizona when I was in high school, and they were talking about how the Copper Kings were these great Montanans, and I was like, hey, you need to go back to Montana and find out what they were really like, because great is not the <laughs> word that was used to describe them. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, well. Uh, we're coming up on, wow, it's already been an hour. It has been an hour. Um, let's see. Let's give everybody your information so they know how to get a hold of you and follow you. you and are hate on, me. And hate me. Don't Well, don't no, no, no. See, one. now here's the thing. This is why we do the show because even though, and you and I have discussed this, you're on the other side of the marriage issue for me. Yes. Um, well, not necessarily. Well, but we'll discuss that later. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that one because I'll start to yell. I'm trying not to swear on my shows. 
Um, but the whole idea is to give, you know, yes, you have your opinions, and yes, they, they do color your writing a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's okay as long as you're honest and upfront about them yeah. because then people know where you're coming from. At least you're involved. Yeah. So let's see. You work for watchdog.org. Watchdog.org slash Montana, I think, is what the actual site is. You can also go to montana.watchdog.org. It'll redirect yep. you. Um, you are on Twitter. Yep. At Dustin Hurst, D-U-S-T-I-N-H-U-R-S-T. Now, there was a fake Twitter account, too, was there? There's not two Dustin of them. Hurst? There's oh. two. There's <laughs> The Truth Hurst, and there's Dirty Bag Dustin. I prefer The Truth Hurst. Uh, whoever is behind that one is much more creative. Ah, that's awesome. And uh, are you? do you have a public Facebook? or? Uh, no, not, okay. not after the, uh, the whole <laughs> Montana cowgirl incident. No, uh, I, I like, prefer no, to keep my Facebook private. Okay, and then... Um, so if anybody needs to get a hold of you, there is contact at watchdog.org yep. that uh, you can get a hold of you at. Uh, any other final notes for what's going on? Um, I just I just want to say thanks for having me here, having me on your show. I'm, I'm looking forward to covering the next six months in Montana. It's going to be a wild ride, and, and uh, I hope to meet as many Montanans as I can. And I, I do have some of that that screw you, Montana, I'll do what I want. You know, <laughs> that you I'll are do, a Montana. I'll do what I want spirit. I, I don't like playing on a team, and I don't like people telling me what to do. So um, I, I'm so thankful to be here, and, and uh, I look forward to, to this explosive, explosive election season. <laughs> God, I wish it wouldn't be explosive. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid I'm contributing to it. But anyway, okay, so well, thank you very much for being on the show. I'm very glad to have you. Um, just some quick notes to everybody. If you would like to find the show notes from this, and I'll try to put a, everything that we discussed into it, that is at politicticboom.com. That's P-O-L-I-T-A-C-K-T-I-C-K-B-O-O-M.com slash Dustin Hurst. Uh, you will be able to find all the show notes there. You will also be able to see the donate tag. If you'd like to keep the show going, by all means, send some cash. Uh, otherwise, the show is available in iTunes. You can do a search for Politic Boom. It'll come right up. And if you find it there, please be sure to rate the show, leave a comment, let people know how awesome it is. It's the only way we're ever going to get rated in there, and we would like to. I'd like to also give a shout-out to the Lewis and Clark County Library, who has free meeting rooms for anybody who needs to use them for anything. And they've been gracious enough to let me use them for the show several times. We appreciate that very much. So if your summer reading is lacking, please go to <laughs> lewisandclarklibrary.com and check out a book. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Uh, should be a great show, and have a good time. Mm -hmm.